Welcome to Conversations with Quiet Leaders. My name is Juliet Morris. I believe there is greatness in leading and building teams through powerful listening, what's being said and what's being heard. In this podcast, you'll hear from quiet leaders who are being more bold, more brave and more comfortable with who they are. Delighted to welcome Lizeth Roussard who is Director of Workforce Development at Goodwill Industries in Florida. So hi, Lizeth. Lovely to see you again. Hi, Juliet. I'm very delighted to be here. You're a very proud introvert. And actually, we had a really good conversation about quiet leaders. And you're starting to do some of your own blogs and things like that. So I'm really curious about that. It'd be great if you could share a little bit about you and your experience of quiet leadership? Well, a little bit about me, I'll tell you. um, I was an only child for about nine years and then my sister came along. Um, So I always was a loner in, you know, in in my youth years. And then um, when I started my career, I, you know, realized I was very timid, shy, um, I did not make that many friends. I didn't have a huge circle of friends. I like to do work alone, not in groups. Um, and when I started working in my career, I started in psychology because I like to observe others, um, analyze their behaviors. And I realized I did that uh, very good. So I wanted to do more of that. Um, and, you know, in, in, a, in a leadership role, as I started growing in my career, it became more challenging for me to be able to um, have others see the potential in me if I was always quiet. But I realized that if I wanted to succeed, if I wanted to do more with my career, I needed to do more for myself. I needed to advocate. I'm great at advocating for others, great at advocating for my clients, my employees, but when it came to myself and my career and my um, development, I had a very hard time doing that. Um, And still until today, I'm not gonna say that I have mastered that ability because I would be lying to you. Um, Still until today, that is a challenge for me. Um, I had a lot of mentors in my career that in many instances, um, their suggestions or their advice was, you know, you need to up more you need to do this more and you need to do that more and it it was really um challenging having to be somebody that i am not and i I, with the years and with times i realized why do i have to change you know i have a passion for what i do and and i know that i do it good and i'm going to do it just the way that i am having to be somebody else that was not going to feel comfortable with um, and having to advocate for my people, for my clients, my passion is what actually has overpowered my shyness and my introversion. I actually came to this country over 30 years ago. I was only nine years ago, nine years, or no, 11 years, sorry. When I came here, no English, just spoke Spanish. Um, so having to learn a new language having to adapt to a new um, culture, um, having to assist my family, my parents mainly, um, because they didn't speak English either. So that even became um, more of a challenge 
with my personality and having to learn a new language. But at this point, you know, I feel that if, although it has been a challenge, I have overcome that piece in my life. But in, in terms of my career, I feel very positive with, with what I do. And like I told you, I started doing a blog, writing. I feel that I express myself better when I write. And I said, okay, why do I have to stay quiet instead of sharing what I really feel as, as I'm you know, going on this journey in my career? Um, if I can just speak up and say thanks to other people, then let me just write about it. And that's how my blog started. It's fairly new. Um, and I'm still, you know, developing certain um, stories there, here and there. But it has helped me for, for some reason. Like, I feel more empowered ever since I did that. And I feel like I'm free. Like, I, I'm expressing myself and I'm reaching out to others. And others could read what I wrote, write about, can um, actually feel like it related to what I'm, um, I'm expressing on my blog. And I mean, you found me through LinkedIn because I share a lot about introversion and how introverts, uh, introvert leaders should be taken into consideration a lot more. Um, not because they're quiet means that they, they are not able or capable of doing things. Um, and that is usually the, the misconception that is in, in, a, in a corporate world or in a work environment. Um, that because that individual is quiet, they are not able to perform or do certain jobs. So that's a little bit about, you know, why I'm here. Why are we here today? And I definitely want to do more. Like I said, my, the passion for what I do and now one of the passions that I have is talking to other people like me and letting them know it can be done. You can succeed. You could be up there and in the ladder even if you're an introvert. So I started reading books about introversion. I have a master's in counseling psychology. So I study a lot of personalities and behaviors, but I wanted to read more about it. Introversion is such a broad term, but it doesn't, it doesn't display the same in everybody. Thank you for sharing that. I, I was struck by a couple of points. One of them mm-hmm. was where you knew at an early age that you preferred to work alone and not in groups and you were observing other people's behavior you described as analyzing but then Mm -hmm. then you talked about having mentors in your early career who kept saying you know you you need to speak up more and be much more visible but then you decided to believe in yourself at what point did you realize that and what were the triggers for that for you and honestly, that was recently mm. that um, I came to that realization because in the different jobs and different uh, positions that I've held in my career, I have noticed how individuals that have been extroverted and that had been out there, that had spoken for themselves, that seem to be like, you know, I look up to them, have not gone too far or have not made it things have not always turned out the, the right way or positive or great for them. And that made me realize, you know, being loud, extroverted, or, you know, out there doesn't necessarily mean 
that you're going to make it in life. Eventually, if you're not a hard worker, if you're not a, uh, you know, a person that actually makes a difference in what you do, then eventually that's going to be noticed. That's going to be seen. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be in a week, but it, it'll, it'll happen. And it has happened in my career where other leaders have seen my potential, have seen the things that I've done. And being quiet, being introverted has not um, been, you know, a, a roadblock for that. With the pandemic, perfect example, I started working at Goodwill almost three years. It's going to be three years in January. And I had only been there a year when the pandemic um, came. We had a new CEO in the organization. Obviously, had no idea um, of my work and um, the things that I would do or my experience. Was hired by a whole totally different leadership team at that point. There was other directors like me running other programs. And unfortunately, for one reason or another, they didn't make it. You know, there were laid offs, um, there were cut downs that we had to do, plus all of our locations for that period of time. And I realized those individuals that I thought, you know, I thought I was going to be the first one to go because I'm the quiet one. I'm the one that people less see and, and observe and or pay attention to. And no, I actually was the one to stay. And yes, I took over many other programs that I was not expecting to, but I, you know, I didn't complain. I, I did, I took over the programs and I proved that I'm capable, that I could do it, that I have run these programs by myself during these times. And um, that every day is a, a more and more of a realization that being me, being an introvert leader, continue to do what I do, it's not a bad thing. So it sounds like with that continued observation of other people, you've gone through uh, almost like that self-reflection and self-acknowledgement of where you, what you've achieved and where you are today. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I, and, and to accept myself, accept, I always thought of my introversion and, or shyness um, as a weakness in my career. And I always thought, and all the people, you know, that I worked with, I always said it too. Um, if you don't speak more, or if you don't let yourself known or be, let yourself be seen um, by others, by leadership, by executives, then you're not gonna make it, you know? And I thought of that as a weakness. And because I always thought it was a weakness, then I was putting myself down. I was holding myself back. And now I don't look at it as a weakness. I look at it as an advantage. And I should take advantage of my introversion and my quiet leadership um, by observing what goes around me, by be making right decisions based on those observations. Um, you know, I'm in group of meetings sometimes and I hear other leaders talk and talk and talk and Nothing is being said at the end of the day and nothing is being done. So why so much talking? Let's just act. And in every organization I worked with, in every position that I've been in, I've seen the same thing happen, you know, in governments, in meetings, in board members, and executive meetings. And it's like a lot of talking, but at the end of the day, nothing occurs, nothing changes, nothing happens. 
it, it's it's funny to see, you know, it, I enjoy it when I'm in meetings and I'm just a quiet one listening to the power of the minds talk and and who's going to be the more more powerful than the other. Um, and here I am all quiet, just seeing what's going to happen, what's not going to happen and what needs to be done. I only speak when it's absolutely necessary to do so. When I feel strong about what I do, my people, my programs, I'll definitely have okay at that point, at that moment. But for uh, conversations that are really not going to take us anywhere, I'm not interested. And, and you know, that's, that's exactly how I've been up all of my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recognize that. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that a lot. Um, so I want to talk about what you do at the moment because it, it's it's fascinating the journey that you've been through and taking on this additional work but the impact you're having right now but just take us back before what were you doing before your current role and your move to Goodwill what did you do beforehand? So I was the um, supervisor for mental health programs at a mental health community agency um, that uh, company actually closed down, but I started there as an HR assistant. And as I was going through college, and then um, I decided to do my master's in counseling at that moment. Um, and based on you know the uh, industry I was in, and um, started running programs, target case management program, a counseling program. Um, and psychosocial rehabilitation. So I have always been in the management side of things, um, developing new programs, growing programs, um, uh, managing grants, reports, all of that. That's really my, um, my, my dream. That's what I like to do. I like to uh, work with programs and develop them. I, even though I did my master's in mental health counseling and I am a registered mental health intern, um, I realized that doing one-on-one counseling is not the thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to impact a larger group, not just one individual at a time. And although I'm you know, good at listening to people's problems and helping them um, and, and along the way, I feel that uh, I, I do more, make more of a difference running these programs, making sure that the people that are providing the services are adequate people, you know, with the proper credentials that are doing the right job. And, um, but I have always been in the, in the supervisory role for mm-hmm. most of my career. So t- tell us a little bit more about what you do now. So I run um, different programs. Uh, one of them is uh, working with individuals with disabilities. We are one of the vendors through vocational rehabilitation. Um, and the staff does vocational training for the, for the referrals that we receive. We provide them with employability skills. We help them succeed in the work environment. Uh, we have many different individuals with different disabilities. They could be high functioning or lower functioning. Uh, we just teach them from how to clock in and clock out to you know, how to properly express yourself at work, proper work behaviors, um, advocating for themselves, um, and, and eventually our goal is to get them a, a competitive employment. So once they are hired, most of the time we hire them within our locations, in our stores. Um, most of the referrals come for us for retail, 
but we also have clients that come with a different employment goal, either food industry, hospitality, um, any other um, role of that matter. And we reach out to employers outside of Goodwill to get them higher than, uh, providing them again with all the support 100%, making sure that they succeed and they, they obtain the permanent employment. Uh, just give us that perspective because this isn't one or two people coming through, is it? it talk, talk, tell me about the numbers because I was quite astonished by the number of people that have been coming through your program. So we have around 70 referrals um, coming on a given uh, during the year, about 70 that we work with. They, you know, start the program, it's time specific. So we have uh, clients that could be with us for three, six months, to clients that could be with us for a year or two years. Um, so it's about 70 clients that we have right now. I have three employees that are run, running that program right now, uh, two vocational specialists and one job placement specialist. We will be increasing our numbers for next year um, to reach a higher population and more people, more individuals with disabilities. Um, but aside from that program, I also run a more local program with Goodwill. Um, it's a county um, grant. So it's a partnership with the county to uh, provide employability skills to the community. So it's to the overall general population. And how many people do you have going through those general sites? Um, an average of about 100 individuals uh, per site. So it's a lot. And the numbers have come down a lot. Yeah. Uh, we have had over 200 at one given time per site. But because of the pandemic, we have seen a decrease um, mm -hmm. in the referrals coming in. And we have been discussing that the last time we spoke, that it's less and less individuals looking for work. And there's a lot of work out there. But we have many clients that are not interested right now in getting employment. They're interested in, in improving themselves, improving their skills. Um, so we are focused more on the training side than actually getting them placed into a job. Obviously, if getting a job is their ultimate goal, that would definitely assist them with. But we have seen more individuals just wanting to either shift careers and learn, learn other skills, um, even become um, owners of their own business. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said when we spoke last time that there was a shift in employers' perception on taking on people with disabilities or veterans or, you know, th those that are reskilling in the community. Then that's correct. And um, like when I started here at Goodwill, it was a little bit challenging to um, place our clients with disabilities into jobs because you know, a lot of people had misconceptions about them, about you know, can they really do the job? Can they really um, help at, a, at an employer? Um, but after the pandemic and because of the low number of people wanting to work, I've seen an increase of, in employers wanting to hire individuals with disabilities um, with this whole diversity and inclusion trend going on right now. Um, and I've taken advantage of that. So knowing that that's the focus right now has made me speak up more about what we do with our clients and what can our clients really do. 
Um, for them, it's more than just a job, more than just a paycheck. For them, it's feeling valuable. It's be getting themselves out there, um, doing something, you know, for themselves. And they are the most committed individuals. They are the ones that will always show up. They, they're never late. They will never call out, call out sick. Um, so I have been pushing that more and more as I see the interest from employers reaching out, wanting to get more clients in and can we have more people come in and, and assist. So it's been an increase, a shift, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it? And you're right to take advantage of that and be able to give people the opportunity, whatever their background, whatever their circumstance is incredible. Yes, really exactly. Incredible. And it has made me actually be the spokesperson now for Goodwill. So as introverted as I am and shy as I am, I've had to do interviews and um, do articles in the newspaper and talk about what we can do. Uh, with our clients because of, of that shift. I want to take advantage of that and make sure people learn more and more about what we do. So it has made me step out of my comfort zone. Um, but like I said, my passion overcomes everything else. So um, if I have to do it for my clients, I have no problem with that. And how does it work with the volume of people coming through? I know you have a team too to support you, but how, how do you manage that being a quiet leader well I do everything in the background I'm the one that makes sure the paperwork side is taken care of you know there's billing reporting uh, monitoring of paperwork and um, all of that and my staff is the hands-on with with the clients out in the field I'm, I'm back here supporting them and um, providing them with encouragement and empowering them to do the best they can as long as they are taking care of the clients I take care of everything else in the back end so it has worked for me because technically I'm in an office all day um, just doing work and paperwork and just making sure the the clients are rolling in smoothly with with their process but it's very doable interesting because you say you're in this back office you know doing stuff but it, it sounds to me that you are being a leader because you are there you support your teams to the nth degree you make sure everything is out of their way so they can deliver their service Correct. overseeing and leading you know multiple programs for the benefit of the community and individuals plus you're now speaking out for them and writing about it and sharing your passion and enthusiasm for what you do yes yes absolutely my job with them is to support them and guide them to that process we have weekly meetings where they um staff with me cases uh share with me their concerns their voice on our leadership area so i have to advocate for them with my boss with my boss's boss and so forth so I'm that person in the organization to make sure that they have the tools that they need to provide the services out in the community. I have about 17 individuals that I work with right now, and they're all great individuals. They're all passionate for what they do. This is in their, in their blood, is to serve others. 
So having me there as their leader, advocating for them, being their voice in the leadership um, team is what matters, you know, what makes them every day come to work and enjoy what they do. How do you prepare for the different types of conversations that you're having now? You're speaking to your direct manager, you're speaking to senior people, you're speaking to the public, as well as speaking to your team. It's knowing what you do. You know, I, I know what I do and, and I, I believe strongly on the services we provide. So once you're passionate, and I keep saying passion because really, if you don't love what you do, then you're in the wrong job, you're in the wrong role, and, and nothing, it's, everything's going to look like work, you know, it's going to sound hard because it's not what you really want to do. This is what I really want to do. So because I'm so passionate about it, I'm, I'm ready to advocate for my clients, for my staff, for my employees, anytime, anywhere, with anybody. So in leadership, you know, it's always making sure they understand how important these services are for the community and understanding that we are making a difference, showing them data. So we have, obviously, our CEO is a numbers person, and I am a numbers person. Even though I'm in social services, I also love numbers. So I show the individuals what they need to see. So I show him numbers, and that's going to, you know, um, make him understand where we are in certain areas. I show my direct boss success stories, you know, how we made changes in different individuals' lives. And we have plenty of those with our clients. And it's knowing your audience, knowing who you're speaking to and what exactly drives that individual. Um, and when, as an introverted leader, that comes into an advantage to us because we know we could analyze personalities and we analyze people and we know what each individual wants to hear and how they want to hear it. And um, I think that's a huge ability that I have and quality is to be able to do that. So I will not speak to my CEO the same way I'll speak to my VP, the same way I'll speak to my staff. There are different conversations that go on with the same purpose. Wait, when you're talking to your team, how do you encourage perhaps the quieter ones then to speak up and be counted amongst, you know, a sea of people? I, I see their potential and um, I, you know, share my story with them as well and let them know that they're capable of doing great things. I push them in a nice way, obviously in a positive way, to do more of what they are good at. So I see what each individual's uh, forte is and how, you know, I make sure that they are able to increase more on that area by giving them a specific task, um, asking them to speak up sometimes, in front of our team, in front of the group, just by letting them know I'm also shy. Some of my staff tells me, you're not shy at all because look where you are and look everything you have accomplished. I said, you don't know how hard it is for me to be here and do what I do. I've had trained a large group of people in the work that we do because I'm also certified supervisor. So I certified others to, to work with populations and with people I know at the end of the day it's for a, a better good for a bigger good your passion drives you and you're serving like all your team are serving everyone else how do you then 
conserve your energy and come back uh, after that? What do you do to replenish yourself ready for the next day? Coming home to my family and I have a huge support system in my family. My husband, my son, they are a huge supporter of what I do. Um, sometimes, you know, just coming home and, and be quiet for an hour would do it for me or just sit and read a book or listen to music. Um, believe it or not, coming from work, out of work, from a huge event or a huge meeting or a huge presentation that I had to do, I get in my car and blast that music all the way up, all through the drive back home. And that just does it. That, that you know, brings me back to me. What three tips would you have, Lizeth, for people listening who see themselves as an introvert or a quieter person and want to talk to more people or you know find their voice and just make an impact in their work one of the tips that I will have for them is to accept who they are that's the first and foremost accept who you are accept your weaknesses and your um, strengths but accept them and make the best out of them Use them to the best of your advantage. Use them to help you succeed in life. You know, find what's the one thing that you like to do, how you like to express yourself to others. Like for me, it's writing. And it took me a long time to realize that and start a blog or something that was going to help me. And, and that has helped me a lot to be able to express myself a lot more and not to ever doubt themselves. Definitely not to ever doubt the skills that they have, that it's an advantage to be a quiet leader. We have a huge advantage over extroverted leaders, and we need to make the most of it. Because unfortunately, in society today, extroverted leaders are the ones that are seen the most. They're the ones that, I mean, every work environment is shaped for extroverted leaders, that even the offices are um, put together or um, structure in a way that it suits extroverted leaders and not introverted leaders. From the moment we go to school, uh, we are pushed into do groups and presentations and um, be this outgoing, outspoken person. Um, I remember when I uh, applied to colleges, one of the things that really got me angry was that a lot of them wanted you to have multiple extracurricular activities. I'm like, why do I have to have an extracurricular activity to go to college? Why is that a must in my application? What if I'm the kind of person that just want to read a book? So unfortunately, we're in a society that extroverted leaders or extroverted individuals are more... Um, supported, I guess, than introverted or introverted people are. And we need to be more aware of that and push our personality more into society. If we don't fit a norm, it's not cookie cutter for everybody. Um, that we have to look at different ways. We got different industries. So there are industries where an extrovert will shine, but there are industries where an introvert will be the one thank you so much Lizeth it's incredible to talk to you again I really appreciate your time
I, I enjoyed talking to you. You know, it's really something that giving me this opportunity is really exciting. I've been excited since we spoke the first time. Um, I think I've told everybody in my family about it. So I am really happy to have been doing this. I thank you. Thank you very much for reaching out. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you for listening. I love to talk and work with people and businesses who want to achieve more. I challenge their thoughts to create possibility. Anyone can be part of the conversation. Leave me a message, ask a question and connect with me. 